Welcome to What's on the Block, a podcast hosted by Export Technology, getting answers to the biggest questions on blockchain and the metaverse. The virtual world has a global community of innovators, and we are here to tell you what they're up to. My name is Maxine, and I'm here with Tommy Johnson to talk about DeFi. Tommy Johnson is the founder of PsyOptions, who aims to become one of the foundational DeFi primitives on the Solana blockchain by offering completely trustless American-style options for any SPL token. Tommy, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I guess to start off, what is DeFi? Uh, DeFi is really an abbreviation for decentralized finance. Uh, we coined the term because it's a lot of peer-to-peer uh, interactions and trading in it on distributed systems rather than these centralized systems of traditional finance. How does DeFi work? You know, I think we can break it down and just start with DeFi runs on a blockchain or many blockchains, which are really distributed systems or databases running on many different computers all over the world. And DeFi or decentralized finance applications are programs built on top of or running on those blockchains that allow users to transfer assets, uh, hold assets, borrow and lend assets, trade assets with each other, etc. Plenty of people are obviously going to be very knowledgeable about DeFi and plenty of people are completely brand new to it. So, you know, for those who are particularly brand new, what are the biggest risks and rewards in investing in DeFi? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one of the biggest risks that we have seen over the last year, I, I forget what the number was, but I think there was maybe $600 million worth of like crypto that has been hacked in DeFi applications. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's the, the biggest risk is getting scammed or locking uh, assets into smart contracts or programs that have not been audited are mutable and controlled by centralized authorities if they, you know, uh, have the ability to change the contract. And so there's just some due diligence that, should be done, like when considering parking money or assets into decentralized finance applications. And it's it's such a hot topic right now about DeFi regulation. So I guess on that note, regulators are increasingly concerned about platforms offering DeFi services that may not be as decentralized as advertised. In your opinion, is this all safe for consumers to participate in? I think the majority, if you look at like the blue chips or the ones that uh, where the team has put themselves out there, you know, who's behind the project, there's quality investors behind the project that are funding it, making sure it gets off the ground and properly audited. I think, you know, those, those can help mitigate the concerns, even if you can't read source code and make sure that the contract's doing what it says it's going to be doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think there is a level of where those concerns and oversight is is warranted. Uh, I think really the thing that they're really focusing on is um, a lot of these like scam applications and scam coins and things like that, where it's someone trying to make a quick buck and rip people off, right? You, you brought something up that I think is actually very interesting that people probably are wondering in case you have a few cents on it, which is that a lot of stuff being created in this space right now, you know, there's a population of it that has very front-facing people. So you know who the developers are, you know where they came from, you know who created you know, the organization or company or protocol. And then simultaneously, there's plenty of stuff that's completely unknown. You don't know the names, you don't know the identities really of people. You know, 
Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, that's actually, it, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, you know, you have a couple reasons why, I mean, first you have some teams like ourselves that you don't even get a choice. You just kind of got thrown into this thing where you win a hackathon and you're just kind of promoted. And then investors are like, you need to take this full time. Like this is going to be a huge success. So it's like, you kind of just fall into it. Um, but you have, you know, for people who like some people and teams that make the conscious decision of being anonymous versus like putting them, their names out there, uh, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword because they make that decision for two reasons. One, okay, maybe they're a scammer and they're trying to pull a get-rich-quick scheme and launch some scam token and don't want to be known. But two, um, you know, there's so much gray area around regulatory concerns and, uh, you know, the government, depending on the jurisdiction they're located in, not having clear guidelines or information. And so some teams remain anonymous because, they're just concerned for their own well-being. Yet someone's going to build these products no matter what. So um, they're going to get out there. It's just there's not a lot of clarity on like the concerns um, from yeah. regulation. So it's interesting. It's definitely very interesting to to be part of all of that. So you know, you also mentioned a little bit about the starting of Psy Options. It'd be really interesting to hear about you know how it all began for you. Yeah. So I've been an engineer for about nine years now, software engineer. Um, and I got into crypto in early 2017. I mean, I paid attention to like the Ethereum ICO back in the day, but I didn't really get into crypto uh, seriously until early 2017, the ICO craze. Um, did some Solidity development back then. Um, and then once I kind of saw the promise of Solana and their blockchain with the fast throughput and the low block times, it was, you know, a light bulb that kind of went off of, okay, we can kind of create a more traditional web application feel if we can get confirmation times in a second, right? So once I kind of saw that, it was, I just started paying attention to everything they were promoting and putting out there, their developer documentation and started building on top of them and had one failed project in their very first hackathon. I think it was November of 2020. Um, and then had an idea or wanted to automate an options trading strategy with my brother. We called brokerages to try and get API access, but they kind of just like laughed at us and said no. Um, and that was when it like the thought hit us of why don't we just build options into the blockchain? There was nothing on Solana. Um, no, in general blockchain, there was no real quality, vanilla, traditional options infrastructure. And so that's kind of like the genesis of the idea. Um, and we don't come from TradFi background. So it was like, let's break down what an option is and, uh, you know, break it into like really logical components and pieces of what it is. And so that, that was how like the idea came about. And then we went into the Solana hackathon in February of 2021, um, and took first place in the Solana Serum DeFi hackathon. Uh, and so that's really kind of what kickstarted it. It was just like an idea, a project we were whipping out. Um, and then investors were you know, reaching out like, hey, you guys raising money? And uh, so that was kind of like eye opening, like, okay, there's something more to this. Like people really want to see this. Investors really want to see this. Um, so from there, it was like, all right, let's figure out how to actually turn this into a, a real company, build a team, et cetera. That is a really interesting starting story. I think that 
your story is probably different than a lot of people's and makes it, you know, particularly impressive, I think, especially for people who are looking to also start something new on Solana. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really cool start. Bringing, ba- bringing it back to DeFi itself, in your opinion, what does the future of DeFi look like? Well, I think, I mean, we see a lot of like derivatives starting to come out uh, in DeFi. So I think like the derivative space, like options and stuff like that are going to only grow over time um, and the demand for them. Uh, We see a lot of, I mean, there's kind of been an evolution of DeFi and some of the novel like products that have launched, like the automated market maker that was launched out of necessity for not being able to have order books and things like that and certain like blockchains. Um, And they all have their pros and cons. I think we're going to see a lot more of that innovation as blockchains get faster, as, uh, you know, they scale better. We're going to expand to have more like traditional finance feel in the decentralized finance world. Uh, We're we're definitely not there yet. And, you know, it's still a a bit off um, because dealing with like the engineering constraints you have on the blockchain, it's you have to work, hack your way around to get a centralized finance feel to it. but that's definitely where we're going. Off of that, you know, 2022 is here. As someone in the space, do you have any predictions of DeFi in 2022? Oh man. I mean, I think it, we're just going to see, I, we're already seeing a lot of products like come out. I, I mean, the end of 2021 was like already crazy. Um, but I know I'm definitely more in tune with like what's going on in the Solana ecosystem. Cause I kind of have tunnel vision on them. <laughs> Um, and communicate with a lot of the developers in the ecosystem. But there's going to be a lot more like interesting products from, you know, credit and lending and like futures and power futures and just innovative financial products that we don't even have in traditional finance world. Um, Because there's a lot of people paying attention to this stuff and doing research and writing some papers on it. And then there's a lot of developers who are joining these hackathons and interested. And so every time there's a good research paper that comes out, there's almost always a team or some developer that puts together a team to build this new product. So it's, I think it, the amount of innovation is just insane. Um, and I think we'll see a lot more of that coming out in 2022. Absolutely. And I guess to finish things off, what is one thing you wish that more people knew about DeFi? One lesson that they can take away from this? Holy cow, that's a hard one. Um, I think like one of the most interesting things when I talk about like decentralized finance blockchain to someone who hasn't really thought about it too much, isn't involved in it, and is really skeptical. Um, I, I tend to ask them what like yield they're getting depositing into like their um, their bank account their savings account. And then I kind of tell them, well, like there's some other services where you can get, you know, five to 6% yield on your US dollars. And, you know, these can be in DeFi or in centralized finance, but they're using like kind of the blockchain. And it's really because like a macroeconomic thing where everyone else, everything's denominated in US dollars. It's a global reserve currency. And so when you have these distributed systems that aren't, um, you know, they transcend borders and and jurisdictions, the demand for these assets are so much higher because there's just demand all over versus just the demand that your your bank is you know gathering and showing you very little of. And so, if you really dive into the rabbit hole of DeFi um, and the things around blockchain, 
you can, even if you're not taking, you know, risky bets on random things that are popping up, you can do very well for yourself, just managing your own money in stables like USD, you know, stable coins, because you're now accessing a market that is so much bigger than what you're exposed to normally. That was Tommy Johnson. Tune in next week to stay in the loop with what's on the block.